Blog Talk Radio. The Marketing Technology Blog Radio Show with Douglas Carr, founder of the Marketing Technology Blog and author of Corporate Blogging for Dummies, Online Marketing Strategies, Web, Search, Social, Email, Mobile, News, Tips, Tricks, and Best Practices from actual marketers, search professionals, and social media experts. Well, hello everybody. It's another wonderful Friday. It's absolutely gorgeous here in uh, here in Indianapolis. It, it actually feels a little bit like California today. Um, sun is shining. <laughs> I had a hard time getting. I really did have a hard time getting into the office today. To, but uh, but nothing was going to stop us from getting on this show today. Um, we are absolutely delighted. And, and Marty, I'll let you do the honors. Marty uh, Marty Thompson with DK New Media has been bugging me from uh, day one, I think, you know, just, just to get the experts at Edelman uh, on the show uh, to talk to us. And, you know, we follow them every single day, obviously, their blogs uh, and the reporting that they, they put out. They're just a fantastic agency. And uh, and probably, you know, I, I, I think one of the, well, if not the leading uh, agency in the new media space. Um, so without further ado, Marty, go ahead and introduce our guest. Hey, everybody, this is Marty Thompson. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. Today, it is my great pleasure to have uh, Michael Brito on board with us. Um, Michael is a uh, senior vice president at uh, Edelman Digital. Um, He's the author of Social Business, Smart Business, a great book. Um, I've read it. It it inspired me, and it it aligned me with what I really think is the quality of the you know, how companies need to approach uh, social. And uh, without further ado, welcome, Michael. Thank you, guys. Great great introduction. I appreciate it. And, and I would say that uh, Indianapolis is probably not as nice as the Bay Area, but it may be close <laughs> to weather. Hey, the only thing we're missing is, you know, ocean and mountains. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure the temperature is slightly colder, but, yeah, we'll leave it at that. And uh, so, some additional excitement uh, down the road just a spell from Santa Clara. Uh, a small company called uh, what is that company? Uh, Facebook, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah. having a, they're having a good day today. Would they uh, open at forty two or went up to forty two or something? Yeah, and I, I read I read an interesting statistic that said due to the due to the IPO, there's probably about a thousand new millionaires roaming around the Bay Area. So that's cool. That is well, I mean that is cool, honestly, because. You know, one, those are people that were with the organization when it was young, so they obviously probably have that entrepreneurial blood and spirit in them, and uh, it's going to be great to see what kind of, you know, after the after the freeze is done and they can start selling off shares, it's going to be fascinating to see what kind of ecosystem, you know, explodes out of this IPL. Um, it's 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 great news all around, I think, for the whole for the whole country and economy. Now. My personal though is I'm not sure that it's worth a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> you know, yeah. Jumping. You know, I mean, maybe maybe Mark's hoodie's worth a hundred million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. that jumps them over Target. I, I read Target and Starbucks combined they're they're valued at, at a greater. But my joke was, you know, you're only worth the value that someone's willing to pay for you, and I'm not sure anybody's ready to dish out a hundred billion dollars right now. So. That's right. I, I agree with that. 
I think the real uh, the, the real winners are just you know so happy that the secondary market exists and they've mm-hmm. already made a big part of the money. Um, you know, certainly with the IPO, that's good for the underwriters. And, you know, other VC firms, et cetera. But um, you know, it's so typical of the story uh, in the technology space. A lot of money has been made. You know, downstream the long tail of the uh, post IPO. That's you know where the the you know the uh, it's a wave, it's, right? It's where the unwashed masses uh, usually. Uh, so, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, um, despite despite how everyone's giving Mark a bad time, and you know, typically the media does that, just like they did with Steve Jobs. But you know, I'm pulling for the guy. You know, I, I like him. I think he's smart. The privacy thing. I mean, if you don't want your your privacy invaded, don't join a social network. Yeah. Um, but I think that Mark, Mark. I think he's entrepreneurial. He's a, he's a very decent human being, smart. Um, I'm pulling for him. I'm pulling for Facebook, and I think they're going to do great things. You know, it's funny you say that because I think, you know, I think my criticism isn't actually with Facebook in as much as the the kind of media hype surrounding it. There's no doubt as an agency, as a small agency, it's changed, you know, it's changed my life. It's obviously changed all of my customers' lives, and we're and we're doing things now that we've, you know, we've never uh, done with companies before. And and mm-hmm. these are all good things. They're trans, you know, things about you know companies really personalizing themselves and transparency and and getting better customer service, written their processes, and merging sales, marketing, you know, customer service, and, and really getting this kind of holistic, you know, as as you put it, the social business approach. And and so yeah. it's it's been a it's been you know a, a godsend I think for for companies uh, that before we used to just hide behind a, you know, a logo and a slogan, you know, and mm-hmm. and it was basically a wall up. So I, I'm with you. I, I I hope that it keeps going. I I'm also I'm also rooting on the next big thing too. Um, yeah. Well, well, the next big thing is probably you know Pinterest or Instagram. But one other one other comment on on Facebook, and that is, you know, I, I think I read yesterday how how GM decided to, to pull its advertising from Facebook, and you know everyone's making a big deal about it. But I think it goes back to this the kind of fundamentals of of social in general, right? Because so often we as as marketers or, or social media you know gurus and, and whatnot, we think that social media is a holy grail. Um, but the, the truth is, is that it's, it's one channel of the entire ecosystem. Um, retail is still important. Direct marketing is still important. Paid media is still important. Um, so social, so, so social is not going to solve all of your marketing problems. And it seems like you know, G, you know, GM, and, and that's fine if GM wants to pull their budget. They do a lot of, they do a lot of great TV advertising, you know, yeah. and and a lot of search and stuff like that. So, so we have to just remember as 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 marketers is that you know, social is is one component of the ecosystem. Now, personally, I believe it's the most the most important um, when you when you're thinking about building advocacy and creating community. Um, but but it's not the end of the world if if GM pulls out of Facebook. I'm they're, I'm sure they're going to do just fine. Well, I I I'm with you. I, I I actually thought it was a little bit of a low blow to do that with the timing of the IPO and everything else. Um, you know, I, I I was reading Scott Monty, you know, on Facebook, ironically. Um, from Ford, and you know he he's basically touted 
you know, the incredible results that Ford's getting and, and you know, maybe there's some questions there as far as what GM's strategy was on Facebook mm-hmm. and, you know, whether they were they whether they really had the right approach to utilizing um, you know, Facebook and, and social in general because as, as you put it, they're a huge media engine, you know, and they're and they're an outbound media engine big time. Um mm-hmm. And so when you have something like that where there's not really a, a two-way conversation that's truly optimized and open and, um, you know, maybe it's not going to perform as well. That's right. That's right. I mean, and, and the truth is I've never seen a Facebook ad. I've ne- not once have I seen one. And, and I think, you know, it, it, it goes back to, you know, we as customers and, and, and people who are completely inundated with messages everywhere we go. We, we all, all put up filters, and I, I don't remember the last time I saw even a, a display ad, you know, somewhere. Um, I don't see them, even though they're all around me. I've, I've filtered them out. Um, and, you know, whenever I talk to clients and, and we talk about, you know, purchasing media within Facebook, I say, that's great, but, but there has to be a, a very specific and relevant content strategy if you're driving people back to your Facebook page because that's what, what creates advocacy. That, that ad's going to get the click, going to take you to a page, but there has to be meaningful content for them to stay. Uh, you couldn't couldn't um, agree with you more. Now, Michael, uh, just for, for the help of our, our readers and listeners, um, tell us a little bit about how, how did you get started in this industry? Where did, uh, you know, where did you gain this expertise and uh, where did you get your teeth uh, sharpened at? Well, I'm a recovering direct marketer, so uh, forgive me. Um, but but I've always been a web guy. <laughs> I've always been a web guy. I did search. I did SEO. I mean, I started my career in SEO 15 years ago, um, doing doing um, SEO and optimization for wedding vendors, which is pretty interesting. Um, but you know, my first kind of foyer into into social was working for uh, a telecom company, and it was a, it was a community specific for for loyalty um, and retention and. I don't even remember the platform. I think they went out of business, but it was kind of a hosted community, very much uh, like Facebook is today. Um, and we, you know, we, we focused on solving customer problems and, and enabling um, current customers to solve other customer issues. And um, from there, I went to HP, and I did, you know, I worked. I've always worked on the client side before Edelman, so I spent a significant amount of time at HP and Intel prior prior to Edelman. But it's always been about about community building, you know, and I, I kind of saw the light when I built that first community, you know, because I used to refer to customers as, you know, segments and audience and, uh, you know, target audience and, and web users and things like that. Um, and then I realized, and, and it was it didn't happen overnight, but as I began to blog and I began to, you know, join communities, I realized that, you know, we don't want to be referred to as as, as page views and, and target audience and conversions and click-throughs. You know, we want we were real people, and um, if a brand wants to humanize themselves, they should, you know, begin to communicate with these, um, you know, with customers in a real voice, um, and that's what social is. And to me, that's uh, I, I love it because it really helps. Um, at the end of the day, you want your community members and your friends, fans, and followers to be advocates. You want them. You want to, you want to enable them to to share your messages because they're trusted. You know, I trust you guys more than I trust, you know. Um, brands, right, because we know each other. We have that connection, and it's in our DNA. Um, so that's what I do now. I work for Edelman, been here three years, and, you know, my focus is not 
building so you know external communities anymore. It's really meant to um, to help our current clients and new clients optimize their internal structures um, and communicate more effectively internally through technology, through change management, through process, so uh, they can better effectively communicate externally with customers. Michael, I know that you obviously are one of the you know one of the leading evangelists of the the whole notion of social business. And you've been around long enough to, you know, to see the, you know, how the whole uh, concept of social media has has evolved over the years. Um, you know, we're seeing social collaboration, you know, solutions uh, grow like wildfire. Mm-hmm. What are you telling organizations that that are are trying to first of all understand social business is what it looks like, and then secondly. What sort of benefits are you able to articulate with your clients in particular? Okay. Well, you know, there's a huge discussion right now happening about the definition of social business. And and I'm not the type of guy that's going to argue with people about defining something. You know, it happened with social media six years ago. It's happening with social business today. And there's almost this battle for thought leadership around social business. Um, And there's a lot of people talking about it. A lot of agencies are you know, shifting their, their, their offerings to include social business. But at the end of the day, it really evolves around business challenges. And, you know, when we talk with clients, there's, they kind of all suffer from many, many business challenges, which could include things like, you know, employee inappropriate use of social media or, you know, a confusion of roles and responsibilities, right, because PR wants to own social um, you know, marketing wants to own social, so and they don't collaborate, so they're off creating their own disjointed communities, right? So it's causing chaos internally. And what social business does is it kind of makes you kind of take a step back and look at your infrastructure, look at your technology. Do you have the right technology um, internally that's facilitating communication and collaboration across not just your marketing organizations, but PR and support and, you know, operations and IT, even different countries, Right? Do you have the right processes so that you can respond to a crisis quickly? What about your content? Right? Content is the biggest problem that companies are facing today. Where do I get my content from? Especially when I'm, when I'm working with teams you know, in Singapore and, and Hong Kong and Germany and, and Brazil. Right? They, they, they have to be responsible for creating their own content, but they can't recycle U.S. content or English language content. They need to figure out how to create their own market-specific, culturally relevant content. And you can't do that unless you have a process and workflow and collaboration happening internally. So at the end of the day, it's like we tell our clients, you know, we realize that you're, you're probably already doing well externally. You're, you're a social brand. You're communicating with customers. You're solving customer problems. Let's take it to the next level. Let's, let's perhaps include R&D in the discussion so that you can take those, those uh, the, the, the intellect of the community or their feedback and start innovating products and services. So that, that to me is what a social business is. It, it, it allows you to, to become a more connected organization internally and would be kind of the end result of creating shared value, right? Shared value across the entire ecosystem, not just customers, that's certainly part of it, but partners in the supply chain, um, internal stakeholders, marketing, so, uh, you know, even you know, employees on the front line who are um, engaging. It's funny because just a couple of days ago, there was a, a, the CFO of Francesca was fired from, for, for tweeting um, things about, about the board and the board meeting. And the funny thing is, is that 
you know, we typically see managers or lower-level people getting fired because of their inappropriate use of social. But even leadership today in organizations, they're not quite sure how to behave on social within social media. So training and education is definitely a part of it, having policies and procedures, you know, not, not from a big brother perspective, but, you know, as an organization, you want to empower your employees, but you also want to protect your organization at the same time. Well, and I think you're you're absolutely right. You know, I, I used to get really upset when I would uh, go see a social media, you know, guy speak, and he was and he would just say, "Just jump, you know, get your company out there, get," you know, and I would cringe because yeah. having worked with large companies, you know, there's a huge risk associated with that because just because it's the right thing possibly to do doesn't mean that there's going to be incredible backlash. I mean, I think. You know, today's uh, you know you know today we have this uh, in- incredible uh, intolerance of 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 people when they make a mistake. You know, and and so one tweet from a boardroom you know like that that's deemed inappropriate or off color or you know or insulting in any way, shape, or form is is blown up to a point where it could you know really bury someone's entire career. And uh, yeah. You know, so so you you do have to have those pieces in place to to educate your employees to protect themselves. And hey, if 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 you're feeding your family off of this company, then you need to protect that company online and and make sure that you're not doing it, you know, any damage. And and I think um, people think that that's somehow a violation of freedom. I don't think so. I think it's a you know it's a protectionist you know kind of attitude rather than a you know rather than a lack of freedom. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you would you would think that that you know social media and the way we kind of interact in public, you should exercise some common sense. But the problem is not so common these days. And so, I mean, that's an old. I mean, we've heard that before, but I mean, it's true. You know, I mean, if I'm a new data center manager that was hired at a company, you know, and and I just started and I'm working in Bangalore, India, you know, what's the process for me to start tweeting if I, if I want to, right? Because you're so far from corporate, you know, does, does corporate have that, that process or that, that, that communication uh, during the new hire orientation process so that I do know where to go, I do know where to get trained, I do know where, you know, the policy lives. So that, those are some of the things that companies lack. And that's how you can avoid some misbehave uh, and comments because um, just having, you know, being prepared and, and planning and, and integrating across the entire organization to include HR. You know, it's interesting when you uh, kind of walk through how you're guiding organizations through the, the social business jungle. Here, here at DK, you know, what we've found to date is that when is that when we get our clients to a place where they understand that social is only one part of a completely integrated ecosystem that includes SEO and site optimization, mm-hmm. inbound marketing, quality content, all of those things. When when you get them get them to a place where they understand that they're they're all interlinked and interdependent now, it becomes a little easier to nudge them towards understanding what social business is. And I and I think mm-hmm. to your point, um, you know, we're we're beginning to see that happen here. Let's take a let's yeah. take a short let's take a short break for a sponsor. Um, we'll do uh, deliver a, delivers a um, email marketing company here in Indianapolis. It was actually one of the first uh, ever. Um, just a quiet company that's um, grown up uh, off of word of mouth, and they do a fantastic job. They they basically 
are well known in the industry for um, retaining their clients well and, and taking care of them. So here's from Delivera. Delivera has been providing email software and professional services for more than 13 years. Delivera helps businesses and organizations execute effective email marketing campaigns by providing dynamic software and professional services, from full-out consulting engagements to help when you need it in areas such as design, production, deliverability, and testing. Voted one of the 2011 best places to work in Indiana and one of Inc. 5000's fastest-growing companies. Delivera partners with businesses and organizations across all industries and verticals and truly opens its doors each and every day to put the customer first. To learn more about Delivera, visit www.delivera.com or call 866-915-9465. Tell them you heard about Delivera from the Marketing Technology Blog. There we go. So now the bill's paid, Michael. Um, <laughs> you know, one of the things that you said, and the reason why I wanted to take a break there is because it's, it's, it's I think, uh, just a really important point. We had a company come to us. It was actually a local, uh, a local energy company. They were buying um, a local water company uh, here regionally, and we had a meeting mm-hmm. with them prior to that purchase. And, you know, uh, they were really planning on, you know, as, as rolling out a social media strategy prior to the purchase. And uh, and so I just started asking them some of those questions. You know, I said, well, I said, you know, do you have a means of processing, you know, customer service tickets, um, you know, if they come from Twitter or they come from Facebook or, mm-hmm. or, or if you just find them online? And they said, well, you know, no. And, <laughs> and I said, well, you, know, you might want to rethink this because, what you're doing, especially with a utility company like that, is you're opening a floodgate, you know, where people expect a response. And, That's uh, right. And I, I just saw a, a stat, and in, in we posted that on Buffer, so it might not have made it out on the marketing top, tech blog yet, but I think it was Symmetrix did a, did, said that something like 59% of B2B companies don't respond to customer service issues via social media. Interesting. And and B2C was something like 29% do not. You know, they they don't even have the internal mechanism set up to monitor for customer service requests. And and hmm. they, they don't realize that social media is now turned from something that they can utilize to really improve their marketing efforts to now something that's really damaging it. Mm-hmm. Very true. You know, it's funny because I, you know, the, I talk with a lot of the, you know, guys who, who typically discuss social business and, and we have, you know, offline conversations as well. And, you know, one of the things that, that's not really discussed much is this idea that social business drives better marketing. And, you know, it's always been about enterprise collaboration and employee engagement, and, and that's definitely important. But from a marketing standpoint, social business delivers on that promise, right? So if you... So being able to monitor the conversation in real time and, and have that, 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 those analytics to provide more specific and relevant content support, which you mentioned. And, and it's, the thing is, is that marketers are the ones that are on the front lines, for the most part, right? Community managers or, you know, social strategists, those usually report into the marketing organization. And when you can optimize your, your organization internally, 
and have that, you know, ensure that everyone's measuring social the same way and ensure that you're working with support so that you can, you know, you have a feedback mechanism to solve customer problems, making sure that you have a governance model that, that drives the creation of new social platforms so that you don't, you're not inundated with 178 social media channels. All this stuff is marketing. And we often forget that social business, even though it's been primarily a conversation with the, you know, the enterprise IT consultants and, and technologists, you know, E2, E2O type thing, you know, it does deliver on, on better marketing. It's done right. That's a fantastic point. Well, tell us, tell us a little bit about, about your book. Um, I, I'd love to hear, you know, what, what, what motivated you to write it and, uh, and, and then, you know, set an expectation for some of our readers as far as, you know, after they read it, what are they going to walk away with? Uh, you know, well, the book only scratches the surface. And, I mean, certainly I, I've actually learned a lot since, since writing the book and, and, and working with more organizations and working on more projects. Um, but the book is, is a, an elementary view at kind of, you know, how business is changing, how customers have been gaining influence, and how, you know, companies have responded to the social customer through creating, you know, the brand experience on Facebook and on Twitter and, and all these other platforms and how that's caused, you know, um, organizational chaos and, and kind of, you know, change management and, you know, this idea that leadership has to, you know, um, support, not just, not just support financially, you know, social business initiatives, but they themselves also have to begin to change their own behavior if they expect everybody else to. Um, so it, it's kind of a playbook for, um, you know, social media marketers to understand things that they need to do to kind of change their business. So from a, from a people perspective, from a process perspective, and, and a technology perspective. So um, it, it's, it's not as deep as I wanted it to go, and I wanted it to be. Um, so who knows, that might be, that might be book number two. But um, it is a good conversation starter, right? If you read this, you will have some information and some ideas on things that you could do to begin to change your organization um, and, then, and then start those conversations internally. We, uh, we just got a review copy of uh, Social Business by Design by uh, uh, Dion Hinchcliffe and Peter Kim. Uh, yes, I know them well. Yeah, thanks to Wiley, uh, by the way, for sending that to us. We'll, uh, we'll read it and, uh, and certainly have a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of commentary. But, but anyway, um, it's interesting because when I look at, you know, the whole social business space, so much of the focus has really been on large enterprise organizations. But what I'm also seeing is that small companies, in some ways, might actually be poised to better, you know, come through this gauntlet as social businesses. And I'm not sure if it's really based on the relative size or complexity of smaller organizations, you know, how they've been using social media to date, uh, you know, perhaps they're just better at the basics, you know, the please, the thank you, the handoffs, all of that stuff. But are you seeing any anyone within the social business space now beginning to focus more on smaller organizations? Um, well, well, no, I mean, not, not no, I haven't. I mean, most of the conversations I've, I've talked, uh, I've had and, and with people I've had with, it's usually around the enterprise, right? So large, large organizations. Right. Um, but, but I think you're right. I think small business to medium-sized business, I mean, they, they are they are positioning, they can position themselves right now to you know as they grow because their 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 goal obviously is to grow business, grow revenue, grow market share. 
Um, so by, by establishing some of these same principles, um, when they grow, they'll have. They, I think they can grow. They'll be able to grow easier from a marketing standpoint, um, as well as you know internal structure. Um, because social media is only. I mean, we've been doing it for years now, but it's still new. It's still a new channel, and it's only going to get more robust and more complicated as as new networks arise and you know as as, as technology innovation innovation happens. So I think small business is you know they can move faster. They can pivot. They can you know quickly change direction. So I think they're primer, as you said, uh, for social business, and I think many of them already are, even though they may not, you know, be involved in the conversation. I I, I think you're right. I, I I go back to Yasha Kekas Wolf. You know, Yasha talks a lot about agile marketing, and I and I wonder, you know, there's probably a 90% overlap here between agile marketing and and a social in a in the social business. And I believe, you know, as a small business owner myself. We've made incredible strides and, and, and obviously surprised people with some of the clients that we've acquired. And, and I'm not tooting our horn. I'm saying that there's others just like us that are doing that. And the the way that we've done that is obviously through trust and authority and, and building that presence online. And I and I would you know I would say that Marty, you're absolutely right. I think small companies are not only poised to do it. But maybe even have an advantage from a speed standpoint that, you know, a large organization, this can be a real cultural shift. And that, that, that leads to a question to you, Michael, is um, we've talked to businesses before that we don't know that they're ready. Uh, we don't know that they're ready culturally, internal. Maybe there's a lot of distrust and there's the, you know, the clock punching and the, Everybody's spying on everybody and the IT wear that stops them from, you know, logging into Facebook during the day and, and all of those things. And and there are those company cultures out there that I, I'm not sure that they're prepared for this. And, and do you ever say, you know, do you ever draw that line and say, you know what, you guys just aren't – culturally this is going to be impossible for you to achieve, or do you believe that – Every company has an opportunity to 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 grow in this direction. Uh, I definitely believe that that culture can definitely make you know put a stop to to evolution, right? So or, or social business transformation or evolution. And you know there have been times when I've told clients or people that I know in the industry, you know, through just general conversations, if you're not ready culturally, then don't do it. Right. You know, uh, you may have to wait until the next wave of management comes in. Right, because people today are kind of stuck in their ways. They've they've been doing marketing this way. They've been running their business this way for thirty years. They're not going to change, and and that's that's okay. Okay, um, now they still might you know create a Facebook page, and they may have relative success. Right, if they have a good product that delivers value to customers, you know they they could potentially you know be good in social media. Right, there's a lot of companies that are like that. Right, where their culture you know, I hate to say this, is horrible or sucks, but they have a relatively decent presence. They have smart marketers, right? They, they're out there, they're communicating, and they're, they're trying. Um, so, so, you know, I don't know if I have the right answer, but I think from my perspective, you know, there are, there are times when, you know, culturally there will be barriers when, when you're trying to drive change. Um, some people are afraid of change. I am. I'm afraid of change. I think we all are to an extent. Um, but in order for 
true social business evolution and transformation to happen, you, we all need to change. We need to change the way we communicate. We need to change the way we work. We need to change the way that, you know, we, we, we present information and communicate with customers. Um, and that's what social business means. That, that's a great observation because, uh, you know, I, I look at the whole, this whole talk about social business and, and social collaboration um, as another opportunity, and that really is to, you know, begin that discussion, create those environments that really reflect the way people uh, want to work and not just the way that software vendors have configured a product. And, you know, you know some of the people I think, some of the folks I think should be involved in this, in this, this conversation include uh, Susan Cain, who wrote, you know, The uh, Quiet, The Power of Introverts. Um, people like Allison Aldridge Sauer. She was a Digital Vision grant winner through eConsultancy. If you haven't read what she's written about, about her notions of, of tribal communities uh, as a Native American, uh, it's, it's fascinating. And I, you know, I would love to see those, those folks you know, folded into this conversation. Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's, it's traditionally been the same guys, right? And, and, and they're all dear friends of mine. But, you know, we, we need new thinking. We need new thinking. We need new approaches. We need new, you know, different perspectives and, and based on different backgrounds as, as we be, because every business is different, right? And, um, and so if, in order for a business to relate, there needs to be some common connection. And, and the guys who talk about social media and social business and you know, who have quite large followings, you know, they're one person with one experience and one perspective. Right. There's so much more out there, and I think you're absolutely right. I think there needs to be more people involved in the conversation, um, and not just marketers. I mean, HR, right? HR is huge. You know, they, HR, I mean, there's certainly small HR niche communities, uh, and I'm actually a part of one group on Facebook, these people have been doing change management and organizational change for decades, and that's what social business is, but yet they don't really have a voice or a seat at the table, and I think they should be. Well, the, the inter uh, that's, that's a fascinating – I mean, I think we could talk for another hour on that, but when I, when I was working for a large company back east, um, you know, it was when Myers-Briggs testing was, you know, exploding on the scene and everything else. And, of course, they, yeah. they, they tested the HR department, and it was – it was some like 27 people in the department, and one person was an extrovert. <laughs> you know, and That's and, true. and and uh, and but you know, to I, I know Marty absolutely loves Susan Cain, and and there there is a there is a lack of a voice in the industry from the introverts. You know, we have these. You know, I always liken it to. You know, someone told me a long time ago that you have lifters and pushers and idea makers and, you know, slave drivers mm -hmm. and everything else, and, and you need all of them to build the pyramid. You know, it, it doesn't, it, it's not one or the other. And, and I think, mm -hmm. you know, even when we're talking to companies where, let's say, they don't have any extroverts within the company, we often talk to them about finding someone. Go find someone with an external voice, you know, that could be that, you know, social voice for you. Or, or talk mm -hmm. on your behalf, but there is a missing component here, isn't there? That that you know, if you have half the population are introverts and they're not social, not not that they're antisocial, but they are just you know they love to work, they love to help people, they just don't like to go blab about it or talk about yeah. it, or promote about it. Um, there's a place for them here, 
you know, it's it's where do you put them? That's well, right. And guys, would you believe it if I told you in person I'm an introvert? That's awesome. I, I really am. I, I mean, around large groups of people, I'm an introvert. Now, it certainly takes time for me to warm up. And then I and and when it comes to Myers Briggs, I'm an ENFJ. So I was tested as an extrovert, but when I meet somebody for the first time in person, I'm kind of quiet. I'm kind of, I'm kind of I hold back, right? Um, maybe it's because I'm shy or, or or something like that. But but in person, I'm an introvert until you get to know me, and then I'm like all over the place. I'm like, you know, uh, I, I I haven't been diagnosed with ADD, but I certainly have it for sure. Welcome to the club. <laughs> One of our great, one of our great clients, MindJet, uh, they just uh, uh, recently put out a uh, a great infographic, and it talks about uh, left brain, right brain, and I would encourage you to go uh, check it out because you can actually take a a, a small test, and uh, it is quite illuminating. Yeah, it's, it's, really. Yeah, Jeff Free has been doing the infographics, which is you know he, that's just an incredible agency, and then uh, they, yeah, they are. I think there's one that either it came out today or it's coming out soon. Maybe I'm ruining it. Is uh, dog owners versus cat owners? <laughs> well, oh my God! It's interesting. When I took the test, um, it came up with 99%. So somewhere I lost at least one of my of my brain matter. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's a joke, That's people. Funny. <laughs> well, so so MindJet, they're located in San Francisco. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, I, I actually, I, I have a close friend that just was hired by them um, a few months ago. I guess she's their corporate storyteller or internal journalist. Her name's Chelsea. Oh, awesome. Chelsea Nagano? Yeah, that's great. She's awesome. Yes. We love Chelsea. Yeah, she is. She's great. Well, well, you're going to have to get over there because, I, 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 or at least go visit the Conspire blog. It's it's uh, Conspire. It's the dot re, but uh, uh-huh. or just mindjet.com slash blog, but they are really, really trying to stay on top of this change, you know, that's that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's really, you know, changing the way that organizations work. I, I think I think, you and, I think you and their team would have an incredible time um, having a dialogue together. I think that I'd like that, actually. Maybe I'll, if you want to facilitate that, that communication, that'd be great. We'll, we'll make an introduction. Well, let's, let's pause uh, again. Uh, for a quick break. When we get back, we want to we want to obviously talk you up, you know, and and uh, where people can find you online, get your book, um, see you at events, everything else. So um, we're we're gonna do a zoomerang. This is a sad this is a sad day. <laughs> zoomerang was a, a fantastic one of our first sponsors on the blog, and zoomerang was uh, of course purchased by SurveyMonkey. Well, SurveyMonkey is just doing an incredible job internally with marketing. And quite honestly, we've struggled with providing them value because they're just an incredible team there. Um, so, so we've been in talks with them back and forth, and, and, uh, and SurveyMonkey, is, we're, we're sad they're leaving us as a sponsor, but they're still our great friends, and we'll still see posts from them from time to time. But this is a, this is a going away present, our last Zoomerang ad. <laughs> 
Zoomerang online surveys and polls is the fastest and easiest way for your business to create and send surveys online. With Zoomerang, you can create unlimited surveys and polls and send them via email, Facebook, Twitter, or embed them on your website or blog. You can view results in real time and start making better business decisions immediately. Use Zoomerang online surveys to get customer or employee feedback, test a business idea, plan events, and more. It's easy, fast, and best of all, free. Join over 2 million satisfied users and sign up for free at Zoomerang.com. I think that's sign up for survey monkey now. (laughs) I had what? When did that acquisition happen? I, I didn't hear about it. Uh, it was it was probably about three months ago, and that, and that tells oh. you just what kind of organization they are. Literally for three months, they, you know, we had dialogue and we did a couple more audits for them and and helped them out. Um, but it was obviously clear that SurveyMonkey, the staff on on the SurveyMonkey side was way ahead from a resource standpoint when it came to to marketing and SEO and stuff. So uh, so it was it was. It wasn't. It, it really wasn't going to work for us to keep charging a month something they could do internal. Good, good guys though. And we and we we love their solution. Um, very powerful. It's amazing the types the type of uh, great insights you can get when you simply ask people questions. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Data driven decisions is always better off. That's right. Well, I gotta say, man. I mean. You know, what you said, how you you were struggling to um, figure out if you could deliver value because they're such smart people. I mean, that that takes a lot to say that. Um, And I think more of us us have to to be, I think, a little bit more humble. You know, I think social media in general for personal use, you know, amongst amongst this ecosystem, I mean, it's, I think too many people have this ego. um, And and it's, and for me, it's, it's irritating um, and many of my friends are, are are fall into that camp, but I always try to maintain kind of a level of humility because um, you know, I and mean, not everyone has had the success that I've had, and I'm thankful that I that I've had it. Um, but I tried my best, you know, to to share, you know, the things that I've learned and over the years, whether it's been internal um, at companies or things that I know today, um, because I've always had people in my life to kind of be that that mentor, that coach. Um, and who have lifted me up and then helped me and helped me learn and understand new things. So I try to do my best and provide that to others as well. Well, that was, I really enjoyed that comment. Well, you know, the, the honest truth is we look at ourselves as, you know, not much different than a mechanic, you know, and, and you bring your car to a mechanic when when it needs work or it needs upgraded or whatever. And the fact is mm-hmm. if you're going to drive into our garage with a brand-new, you know, Lamborghini, <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you much. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, Michael, I, you know, to your to your point about uh, you know about being a contributor, um, you know, in this community, uh, I, I know your blog. You put a lot of effort into it. You know, you 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 put information out there, you know, on a daily basis. Um, you know, tell folks, uh, you know, where they can find your blog, and uh, you know, tell us a bit more about what you've been doing lately. Um, just tell us all, you know, everything about you. Sure. So I have, I mean, I have a couple of blogs. I have Bretopian, and I don't, don't ask me where I got that name. Um, it's just a play off my last name. But um, got, I have Bretopian.com. It's B-R-I-T-O-P-I-A-N. That's also me on Twitter. Um, and I also have a, another blog where it's kind of a multi-contributor blog called Social Business News. 
And that was a project that I launched back in November, and it's it's taken off actually. And there's, there's been a lot of traffic, and you know I've had a few sponsors reach out to me. And and the reason why I started that is because in the last year, um, I, I was I was on the hunt to try to to to, to become a contributor on certain blogs, and I've written for Mashable a couple times. You know, I've written for Adweek and, and Social Media Examiner and PR and a few others, but I was having a hard time finding someone, um, you know, a popular kind of a place where I can kind of share my views. And um, nobody really wanted to give me that chance. I, I felt like, I mean, I mean, don't feel sorry for me. It wasn't a big, that big of a deal. Um, so I just decided to start my own thing. And um, it's very focused towards social business. And um, it's, it's, you know, ser- I'm owning search for, for the most part for many of the, the key terms. And it's, it's been good and, and traffic is great. Um, so that's the other one. And those are kind of the three, and I, I love Instagram. I, I use it for personal use and take pictures of my daughters and dog all the time. But um, that's certainly another place you can find me, um, same username as Bertopian. But, um, yeah, that's, that's who I am, and that's, that's where I hang out. And uh, what, uh, what are you doing uh, with, with Edelman most recently? So I, um, I'm an SVP of social business planning, so I'm kind of a co- consultant, um, and I – you know, whenever there's issues with the account, whenever an account person on my team sees that there's an opportunity for social business consulting, you know, then I come in and I kind of assess the situation and, and, and work on projects. And it's very much um, kind of scattered right now. You know, companies aren't going to say, you know, we want to be a social business, help us get there. Um, what we're just finding through conversation is that they have a business challenge and, that, and then Edelman has a solution to help them overcome that challenge. Um, and so that's what I'm doing there, and, and I'm having a blast doing it. It's the funnest. I've been at Edelman three years. It's the best uh, career decision I've ever made. So having a blast, learning new things, meeting new people, coming on awesome radio shows like this, hey, you can't beat it. <laughs> so, well, thank you. We, we, you're gracious with your time. I know Friday afternoons are tough for some people, but uh, we've really enjoyed this interview. It's uh, uh, just fantastic and and. Uh, uh, we would encourage people to obviously go to Pertopian.com, follow you on Twitter, um, get the book, obviously. Um, and uh, and are you doing any speaking anytime soon where we'll see you at some events? Um, you know, I, the speaking circuit was super busy last year, um, but but I haven't been I haven't been really actively looking. It's, it's been tiring, and you know my, my little girls are you know they don't like it when daddy's gone, so I have to be be mindful of that. So I don't. Believe it or not, I don't have anything planned, any speaking events planned upcoming. So that usually changes in, um, you know, uh, August, September, and October. Um, but, yeah, usually I have that information on my blog when I'm, when I'm secured for a speaking event. Well, good, good for you for spending time there. I, I find the same thing. I find when I, when I walk out and go to an event, I'm refreshed, I'm energized from the event, but I come back and there's two weeks' worth of work for me. <laughs> we, we That's right. That. That's right. We love people that keep their priorities in order. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Thanks so much for spending time. We're a little bit over. I apologize, but uh, it's it's just been just an incredible conversation. Thank you, guys. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, Michael. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.